we are right back right after our worst of the year. I hope you listened to that beforehand because, ooh, that was an interesting time because we got to get all of our negative energy and anger out on 2023. But guys and gals, it's time to talk about what did we like the most of this year, otherwise known as best of 2023, our personal favorites. Um, personally, always the hardest part with my lists are mixing in things that I admire technical-wise and things like that, or that touched me emotionally. Uh, while this year was very much an okay year, when I actually looked at films that actually like really got to me, it actually could have been more like 20. But I shrunk it down to 10 somehow, and it was kind of difficult for me sometimes. So it was mine. Yeah. And going into this list, uh, Miss Black Swan, you have 10. Yes. Nickers Chicken also has 10. Mm-hmm. Damon actually has 10. And Jamie, Mother Hen over here, has 5. <laughs> so she's going to have to sit there and wait for a little bit. Um, but we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Number 10, best of 2023 for Miss Black Swan. What is it? The Boy and the Heron. I'm not shocked. (laughs) I am a huge Miyazaki fan. Um, This. I'm more into soy sauce. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Oh my god. Miyazaki sounds literally like a sauce. (laughs) It's a last name that means night sword. That's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> well, he's apparently an awesome Soft. filmmaker, so continue. And apparently the reason he did this film was because his son screwed up the last one. <laughs> so he came oh. out of retirement oh, wow. and did this film. Wow. You're shaming your family. <laughs> and, of course, they were like, oh, this is his last one. Guess what? It was number one at the box office for the first week. And then he's like, ah, I think I'm staying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I love the storytelling. It's loosely, the title in Japanese is based on a book in Japan, but it has nothing to do with the movie, but the book is actually featured in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a wild ride. Well, it's anime, so. I didn't hear the cast was really amazing. Oh, yeah. We saw the English dub. So did I. So, and uh, we saw a lot of familiar faces. Yeah, we did. Um, I it, it would fall under my honorable mentions. Yep, uh, it it kind of just took a little too much time for me. I think it could have been cut down a little bit. Um, and I was not anticipating where it was going to go. And I think that the trailer probably could have said the way it was going to actually go. I thought it was going to be a fun ride. This was like a deep emotion dive, and I'm like, okay. Well, I read uh, some articles about it, so I know it was going to be a deep emotional ride, so. Yeah, I don't look up anything. <laughs> um, but, and I'm, I'm very neophyte, and but what I've seen, I'm like, this is probably in my, at least top five of his, but it's definitely not better than my top three of his. Well, spirited Away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's kind of hard. Like, Spirited Away is a fantastic film. I like, mean, it won an Academy Award. Yeah, like, it's... it's And it it, it it was very happy for me to see a 2D animation in the theater. Yeah, that... So that was nice. Yeah. Curve Me From Wrong was 
Robert Pattinson, the Heron. Yeah, yeah. He was my favorite by far, and I didn't, didn't recognize it was him until nope. the end of it. And I was like, "Whoa!" Robert I was like, "When is Batista showing up?" Then when the guy showed up and he talked, I was like, "Oh, there's Batista." Well, I knew I knew it was him, but Pattinson threw me for a loop. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed. Well, and when they were going to show first show this movie in Japan, there were no advertisement whatsoever, mm-hmm. no trailers, nothing. They just used Miyazaki's name to get it. They which it worked. Who knew that famous? Yeah. yeah, like if you're famous, you know, especially in Japan. Japan, like they sometimes they do crazy shit like that where they just be like, "Oh, it's this company that was put a logo out." Like I think they do that with Doritos sometimes when there's a new flavor that was put Doritos, and then like it's just like a mystery flavor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mr. Nicker's Chicken, your number ten best of the year. Usually, this is the spot where I put like the movie or the movie I. Kind of like the fun pick of the year, you know, because I always have trouble picking my top ten. So this is the one that I kind of, I t- kind of talked to Damon about it, and I really liked it. It's a Finnish film. It's called Sisu. Oh yeah, you yeah, I never, I never got around to it. And uh, basically, it's one of the best revenge stories I've ever seen. It's uh, fun and super well made. Plays perfectly to anyone who wants to see an old Finnish guy obliterating Nazis because they stole his gold, which he wants back in the most brutal way possible. It's an immersive and emotional journey of resilience, self-discovery, and the power of human spirit. Also, easily the most gory film I saw all year. So that's all it was literally the whole movie. Damn, crazy. I need to see this. You because do. I love, dude. Anytime Nazis are getting hit, I'm I'm down for it. It's <laughs> fucking, it's like, yeah, like that's hard to do. And it, in a way, put me in mind of Mad Max because the Finnish guy doesn't talk a lot. He just fucking brutally chases them down and kills them. And it's, I thought it was fantastic. That's my fun pick of the, the year. Okay. Damon? Uh, I did something similar, actually. I just wanted to pick a movie that I just, you know, thought was all right. Like, it was a good time. Um, and that would be Evil Dead Rise. Mm-hmm. Um, that you that know, falls into my... It was pretty good. Like, as far as, you know, being connected to Evil Dead, because I really like Evil Dead. Yeah. And I, I just was like... I was a little worried because I was like, I feel like they're going to do some shit. And they surprisingly didn't do what I thought they were trying to do. Um... But it was it was a pretty decent time. I mean, it 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 wasn't like super long. Like that that really helped. It was the fact that it wasn't like a three hour film or something crazy because it would have been. I think mean, they they did what exactly what they needed to do, and I think they tied up the lore. And I don't even think Bruce Campbell was in it at all. No, he's like, not. So they didn't just like push back on legacy characters to try to like, you know, ha ha. They they did their own thing, and worked with like. The you know pr- prior series and stories, and yeah, I think they they did fine enough. I I had a really good time watching it, and I think as horror is probably one of my favorite horrors this year. The only thing that I was kind of a negative on is it felt like the beginning and end were really tacked on because they weren't That's really fair. connected. Well, yeah, I just I was pretty happy with the violence in it like it was way better than the last one like it for his violence level it was pretty fucking violent yeah it was on and they, they did something that a lot of horror movies don't have the balls to do they fucking killed kids yeah <laughs> like that is usually like that's some next level shit usually and like yeah in this movie no different it was pretty wild okay so my animal engines yeah that, that would have been mine too um my number 10 uh, I I might get some little flack from people that might have this higher up on their list, but it fell only because there was certain things that appealed to me a little bit more. But 
I could see why this is probably going to win a certain award for this category. the Spider-Verse. Uh, th this to me is still in competition connected with my favorite Spider-Man movie. Um, and I will without a doubt not ever say that it doesn't probably deserve to win Best Animated Movie of the Year. Because animation wise this is so daring and putting different styles in there and stuff. And even developing the characters, Miles, Gwen, and all of them, it's very interesting and very well done. I only have slight negatives on... I felt sometimes the dialogue is kind of hard to make out sometimes. And even though I kind of expected it because I saw the original poster for it, uh, it kind of walking off of the part one was kind of a... Uh, but... It's not the biggest gripe for it. Unfortunately, second, you know, middle movies especially, because we know there's going to be another one. The middle movies are usually hard to, like, it's very, I feel like very rare that the secondary movie are is just as good as the first. Like, And I just feel like as a whole movie, Into is a little bit better of a story. That's but fair. That, it, it is still a great movie in the Spider-Man canon, and I can't wait for the rest. I especially really like the villain about what mm -hmm. they did with him. Yeah. But it, it was so hard, and I it was so difficult for me. I just had to knock this down. I am surprised that it's September 10. I'm I kind of excited it. now. It, uh, that, That's just me. Do you want to guess? You're number nine? Yeah. How the fuck am I going to guess that? You just said it. Spider-Verse? Yeah. Okay, across <laughs> the Spider-Verse. It's your number nine. Yeah. Okay, why? Um, it was a fun time. I enjoyed the movie. Um, it went, Like you said, it's not a complete story, but for what they did, I think they did very well. Because mm -hmm. um, if they made it a complete story, it probably would have been longer, and I don't think a lot of people would have sit through that. Yeah, but now all of them are arguing that they have to wait. Yeah. But, um, I like the art style. Yeah, I thought that was going to be your biggest compliment. Yeah, of course. Being the artiste <laughs> you are. I really like the art style. Um, I mean, I do go for visuals. Okay. So. <laughs> then you need to see a film. <laughs> oh, really? We'll talk about it later. Okay. 
I mean, if you have nothing else to add. Nope. Okay. Uh, Nick, you're number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Um, this film, trailer-wise, looked all over the place, but it involved Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. and that is called Dream Scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. <laughs> How do I even explain this? Uh, uh, it blends comedy, horror, and sci-fi, basically, and it jabs at cancel culture and the cult of celebrity. And obviously it's a super awkward Nicolas Cage film, but it's very eccentric and makes you continuously laugh while simultaneously causing a great deal of discomfort in the best possible way. I had so much fun with this film and I think it's Cage's best performance since Pig. Okay. I didn't see it. Okay. Well, guess what, then? You're next. <laughs> so my number nine um, is actually, you know, jumping back to Marvel, um, is it Guardians 3? Mm. Guardians playing through. Um, for me, uh, I think the Guardians is at least probably the best trilogy that they have as far as three it's films go. Yeah. Um, it's consistent, and I mean, it falls with the story, and it, it honestly ends well, and like blends, you know, transitioning to another. Because clearly, these characters are like I don't want to say withered, but like they they're battle worn, you know, like they they they've had, gone through shit. Yeah, they've been through the ringer, and like some of them are done and just are done their last little bit and there's a lot of really good emotion in it multiple in multiple aspects not even the rocket stuff that's played in the trailers you have shit with star lord Mm -hmm. where it's super emotional battle that clearly he's just done they cannot do it anymore and the the, i think that they've done well to transition to try to bring another now this that would be where it's hard but now that james gunn's leaving I feel like that was the way to end it, is like pass the torch off to these new up-and-coming team and let things go from there. And, yeah, it's I, I think that it's really well done. And emotionally-wise, I think this is probably one of the most emotional films I've seen this year because it's just fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> Jamie, so. did you really see this? Yes. Yeah? Do you have any comments about <laughs> it? I, li- I really liked it. I, um... I mean, it has it does have sad parts, like really bad sad parts. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I liked how it, you know, it ended mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, it it definitely falls into my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. I really liked Same. it. Um, I only thought that it probably could have been trimmed a little bit. I kind of started to feel the length a little bit. Also, while it's not a gripe at Star Lord or anything, but. For Chris Pratt to be the first one to drop the f bomb in the MCU and not Fury, <laughs> feels kind of weird. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, yeah, like you, I think it's one of the most consistent storylines in the whole MCU, and it actually was the only successful MCU film. So. Yeah, it was the only one I liked. Yeah. Uh, so, interestingly, involving my number nine actually aligns with a different other number nine because nine times <laughs> again. why does this even look the way it does fucking awesome hey focus she's home no it's different now <laughs> you've been on my mind recently you just keep popping up in my dreams you don't do anything you're just there so 
this specific person. A remarkable nobody. I also had that experience. Do you have a picture? Have you been dreaming about me? Have I been dreaming about you? Yeah. There's like a hundred messages. Somebody wants to interview me. This is strange. Maybe you should take a minute and think before you do anything drastic. Yes, you are. Uh, same align with Nick here. My ninth favorite is Dream Scenario, starring Nicolas Cage. I, I was so excited when I heard about the premise of this because I was just like, what is this? That fits him. Yeah. I And then after watching it, I was just like, he... This is one of his best performances, I think, ever, because he plays a... Fucking nobody that gets recognized for some strange reason. And like how you mentioned, it's it's talking about cancel culture stuff without trying to blatantly like hit you over the head with it. Yep. And I think that it tells it in a very interesting way because he's a character that he starts off one way, but then he starts to become another way because he's like... I don't necessarily want this fame, but I do actually want attention because he starts to get realized and noticed in these dreams with all he's doing is just standing there. And then when that f- is flipped and the reaction after that, I'm like, yep, I understand what's happening now and I understand what they're saying right now. But Nicholas, he is amazing in this. Uh, I thought visually it was also very interesting. And this just makes me say... Cage plus A24, mm-hmm. masterpiece every time. I agree. Uh, so I, I think that a lot of the story comes from the idea. There's, so there's a internet thing that tons of people have said they've seen this guy, and they call him the Hat Man. The Hat Man. The Hat Man. And it's this like weird like amalgamated face of a guy that tons of people have swear they've seen this guy that just he has a hat on. Like... It's I. It's a very big thing that ton, like hundreds and thousands of people have said, yeah, I've seen this guy in my dreams. So I think they maybe took the maybe, idea from that. They, they maybe came across the story. So, uh, yeah. And I had what I would say to me the all three ranges of Cage. I saw a terrible movie. I saw an okay movie, and I saw a great movie. So <laughs> I had my full Cage this year. <laughs> You're number eight, Miss Black Swan. Okay. I'm going on a... I don't know what to say. Um, Limb? No. No. A pattern. A pattern, okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Okay. I'm going to co-do this with her. Oh, is it the same number? It's my number eight as well. Okay. Go ahead. Um, For someone who's never grown up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I thought this was excellent to introduce people to it. So... It was a fun ride. The people I was with made it absolutely fun. Um, and from what I've seen of the old cartoons, I think they did the characters better here because they actually sound like teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, jump in. Next. Um, seeing the trailer, you know, the animation looks very stunning, but I was very hesitant. Um, I don't know how I feel about this movie because of my most of our past with turtles. Not always been the greatest. Um, 
Oh, well, let's just say it's rocky. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely up and down, shoots and ladders. But this shocked the absolute hell out of me. Um, uh, the lovable characters, so much heart, uh, brings everybody's favorite turtles into a brand new but welcoming era. And with hopefully more to come, which I don't know if they've, they've announced that yet. But uh, and as she said, this is the first time or the most they've ever been betrayed as teenagers. And uh, it's definitely up there with the 1990s live action for me. It was being my favorite Turtles movie. Damon, your number eight? So my number eight um, really only hit number eight, I would say. Um, it probably would go with number seven, but um, it's the length that kills it. And that would be Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. Um, so when I, when I watched this, well, when we watched this, like... It's really fucking sad. <laughs> like you don't say. It's way sadder than Guardians was. Like I was just at the end of this movie. I like needed to like I rode home with no music on because I was like I need to fucking reflect on my life because it some things that, that really happened. Like that's the fucked up part is it's actually based on you know real story. It's fucking terrible what was done to these people. Um, but I think the big thing that I appreciate a lot was the fact that they actually worked with the families, um, and kind of brought them in and kind of talked to them and had them work hand in hand with the film to create this. And yeah, really the only thing, the biggest downfall was like the length, because it is a really long movie, probably easily one of the longest this year. Um, but it, it, yeah, if you really want to watch a very fucking emotional movie about like power struggles, this is it. I'm gonna bite my tongue now. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> Same. Uh, Same. My my number eight uh, falls in line with uh, one of my all time favorite now franchises. And even though it sets up for a continuation, I did not mind because how it went. Our choices. You bastard. Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. While I agree with some that this is not as much of a masterpiece as action as far as Fallout was, this just franchise has gotten better somehow the longer it has gone. And working with 
Tom Cruise's production company now, making everything mostly practical and stunts. You just don't see movies like this anymore, and the fact that this also just didn't succeed is why I'm also kind of mad, and I'm trying to hope that people spread it more. But you also then look at just the concept. It sounds like it would be like a Saturday morning cartoon plot, because the biggest thing is information being spread. Now, it's like, no, that is actually very useful and actually can cause mayhem, as we have seen now. Uh, but I think all the performances are still great. I looked all the character developments and the characters they even brought in or then continued. And yeah, if and supposedly, if I'm right, and I heard, there's only going to be one more. Mm-hmm. And if they stick the fucking landing here... This now becomes one of my all-time favorite franchises. 110% agree. Uh, you know, I uh, say what you want about crazy Tom Cruise, but yeah. I can respect a lot of him for doing his own stunts. That dude is fucking insane. <laughs> like, I, I will leave all of the personal shit at the door when I go see this movie because mm-hmm. I will have a much better time. Yeah. You're number seven. Yeah. The Holdovers. Oh. Well, here we go again. <laughs> we, wow, we, yeah, baby, let's go! Wow, you two are on sync. <laughs> I just actually watched it and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. You get attached to the characters. Um, it tells a compelling story. Um, and, it, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It just is a heartfelt movie hmm. where a, a character, all the characters grow in some way. So... And that's what I really like in this story is to see character development. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, I'm sorry, I have to say this. Um, Bella from Twilight is a bland character. She has oh. no character development. She is awful, and I hate her. Man, this is great. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> I don't know why Twilight had to be brought up, but okay. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> as a reference. Yeah, as a reference uh, to a bland character. Okay. Um, sorry, yeah, okay. but I thought the character development was fantastic. You actually saw where it was going, and I mean, yes, it was kind of predictable, but then there were some parts that weren't very predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what did you think of Paul? I thought he was great. Yeah. Uh, this is probably my personal saddest movie because there were certain parts of this that just like, especially the ending, that just really got me. But uh, this actually is a new Christmas classic for me. Because, you know, it can be. And it, it's equal equal parts sentimental and cynical. <laughs> um, to me, it warmed my heart in, like, the most real ways. And it actually also one of the funniest films of the year. Because, to me, this is Paul Giamatti's best role that he's ever done. Um, uh, he's the rare actor who can play a character who starts out as a universally detestable ogre. <laughs> and gradually evolves into a sympathetic and caring person. Yeah. So I thought, yes, I love this movie. Um, I watched it twice, and Paul Giamatti was fantastic. I actually thought the main kid was fantastic, too. Yeah. I forget his name. But really, all the boys were, but especially him. All he wanted was a champagne of beers. (laughs) So my number seven um, actually involves one of my favorite actors um, that's kind of risen up to be one, and that is Bo is Afraid. 
Wow, I'm actually shocked that made Holy it to your crap. top ten. Yeah, it's a it's a definite honorable mention. And to be clear, I have not seen this one. So. Yeah. So this movie is fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> Should be the title card. It is fucking really crazy. Um, but it's really kind of fun, but it's kind of really dark too. <laughs> kind of. Uh, <laughs> like it has this weird. I don't know. It were very weird parts of my life that I see within this film. Was this about you? Maybe. <laughs> I thought about suing. <laughs> but it becomes like, especially at the ending, you know, because Ari Aster's films are fucking... Um, but, yeah, no, and Joaquin's great. Um, a lot of the people that is like, you know, characters around him are really fun. That scene with the apartment shit is fucking incredible like has such a good time that he's so just and um but yeah so like that yeah that definitely uh it, no that's my number seven we'll have to watch that one well definitely make sure you have three hours yeah that, that seen really, a lot of long movies this year yes there's a lot yeah <laughs> i think that was the trend this year i think it was there's a lot of long ones yeah well uh yeah bo is afraid was an honorable mention for me because uh, i admire so much about it and clearly you and I were only one of the few that understood the dark comedy in it. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot. And, I, and, I, and I also can't really recommend it because <laughs> I'm like... Ugh. It's hard to recommend it to anybody because, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, oddly, there's a little bit of a trend there, too. Because my number seven is also a film that kind of hits that three-hour mark. Just slightly different, though. This is a national emergency. Didn't need a charge. Wow. Oh. We're in a race against the Nazis. And I know what it means. If the Nazis have a bomb. Christopher Nolan. Uh, this was actually my number 10 for the longest time because I was like, yeah, three hours. I definitely felt the length sometimes, and I kind of have some issues with the score sometimes with it being too loud. But after I watched Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, I felt like I had to watch something that I thought was fucking great as far as filmmaking goes. And I watched Oppenheimer, and I went, you know what? This just got better because we li- we still live in a time where a director can make a three-hour fucking long epic 
that is just about making a bomb and talking, shot on film with IMAX, real practical effects, real explosions, and Christopher Nolan's the only one that can do it. And I thought all the acting was great. Killian Murphy, I think, deserves a fucking Oscar for this and the whole supporting cast. I do agree with the criticism that sometimes the women are weak, and I will not detract that at all. I will not say if you feel that way at all. Well, it might have been because of the times that was... That's true. I mean, it might be, but again, some people are just going to mention that. Yeah. Um, but I understand if somebody can't deal with the time length and it just being talking, but if, it, if I'm enthralled with the talking and acting, I'm fine with it. So, number seven for me, Oppenheimer. Number six! Killers of the Flower Moon. Speaking of long ones, <laughs> it's a recurring theme. Um, I really like this one. Um, being from Oklahoma, I could actually understand where the setting is taking place. And I could say that is all accurate, especially on the western half of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like the fact that they worked with the tribe and they actually brought more of that element into it and actually spoke about the tribe's actual personal struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we have a society have failed them. But, uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio did fantastic. Mm-hmm. Willie Gladstone did phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So, that's all I can say. Yeah. Nick? My number six is something you mentioned earlier, and it is the most, the best long franchise in my opinion right now, and that's Mission Impossible. Uh, what is it, six or seven movies? Seven. Seven? And, uh, I mean, this was the first part of the conclusion, like you said, and to me it was just like the insane action, the practicality of it, the great characters, both new and old, or uh, meshing very well with each other and uh, the needed depth that it needed, you know, and the next one can't come out soon enough for me. I don't know how long it's going to be away, but I'm sure they've filmed some stuff for it. They have, yeah. And uh, it actually might be my favorite of the franchise. Um, I thought it was... The, the only reason why they will probably stop filming sometimes is if somebody breaks COVID protocol. Well, that and somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Which might be Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why I was worried about Tom Cruise getting, like, breaking they, something. They, they had to stop Fallout because he broke his fucking ankle jumping. Yeah, and then who would have thought the woman that's getting ready to play Invisible Woman is in it, so. Jessica Kirby. Oh, yeah. And I'm fine with her. So. She, had, she had a great year. She did. Damon? Uh, my number six is actually, again, one you mentioned, Oppenheimer. <laughs> no? Um, you know, again, long movies. Um... Yeah, no, like you said, Killian Murphy deserves an Oscar for it. He's, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, really, the only thing that knocked it down was the length. Because it was definitely a marathon of a movie. Um, but I also didn't feel like I was completely watching. Like, there was a couple parts where I was like, okay, this is really kind of going. But, oh, also have to mention Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He was excellent. He's absolutely fantastic. I mean, honestly, even the guy who played fucking Einstein was good. Like, they did really well, and I feel like they really tried to condense the story. Because the story, I mean, it could be a four-part series. That's how much shit went on. But they definitely tried to bring the story together and focus on Oppie. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, no, I think it was absolutely fantastic. Not only that, I mean the the film itself, just watching it, the art style is beautiful. I love the transitions of black and white. I love the multiple um, with the sound, a lot of sound design. There was also no CGI at all. Yes, and so yeah, there was a lot of things that brought this up this high. Yeah. Uh, okay. My my number six. Uh, was definitely a movie that started to gain traction from talk, and with it being from a certain studio and in a certain style, definitely caught my eye, and it became my favorite horror movie of the year. It's my mom's remembrance day. I just want to forget about it. Mm. talk to me um th- this is actually impressive on many levels that i didn't realize until i looked into it um first of all this is filmed and made by youtubers really yeah that shocked the fuck out of me um this is also very interesting with the fact that pretty much is australian based with australian actors and actresses yeah and A24, of course, making a weird movie that is about substance like this, being drug abuse and things like that, mourning and trying to live with that. And there's just, and it's just shot so well, and you actually develop the fucking characters. This is what Five Nights at Freddy's fucking tried and wanted to be, and this succeeded. And the fact that this is made on, I'm pretty sure, a lower budget. And the fact that it is so good is what drives me to... And I understand why so many people were talking about it. I do not know how I feel about a sequel. Because it's doing that whole talk to me. (laughs) Which already has me concerned. Um, But for right now, we only have one. And that one is a fucking gem in the horror genre. and, And it's my favorite horror movie of the year. It was on my honorable mention, but it was one of the two movies it was hard to leave out of my top ten. Yeah. So breaking into the top five now, and somebody else will you finally make an appearance. Jamie, join us. <laughs> uh, Miss Black Swan, what entered your top five? Barbie. Okay. Um, I was skeptical about it, but then you said I should go see it. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I loved the women empowerment, but also the equity that was also placed into it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they didn't really shed a lot of light on that part portion of it but the speech that made the movie really stuck to me because sometimes I do feel like that so I loved it on a personal level and that's all I can say about it okay Mr. Wood, you're number five? Number five. Um, another... Oh, wait, you didn't sync up? <laughs> no, not this time. What was that? Wait. No, we did two in a row. Yeah. Then we missed six. Yeah. No, we were on five. This is another not-as-lengthy franchise, but I, I think it's a franchise that keep, also keeps getting better as it goes on, and that being John Wick Chapter 4. Okay. Um, I'm hoping this is the conclusion, but you never know <laughs> with this, because they do so well. When the money's there. But uh, there was so many jaw-dropping sequences, uh, like there always is, but I think this one had the most. But it baffles me that the Oscars still choose to ignore how much actually goes into these films. You mean like, men? Yeah, all four of them. And uh, like I said, it just continuously gets better, and... It's very rare in longer franchises, but this, in my opinion, was the best of the John Wick series. For me, it goes four, three, two, one. So, um, for me, this is an honorable mention. Uh, I do appreciate the look and all the stunt coordination that goes into. I just kind of felt the length at some point, and there were two times where I kind of the disbelief was too much for me. Mostly him falling three stories. That's when it kind of was like, okay, uh, we're, we're kind of losing it a little here. In my opinion, I still really like the first one the most. But this is a great freaking action franchise, and I am just worried about where it's going after this. Hopefully nowhere. It, but it will, because all of these made more money than the next one. Yep. Damon? Uh, this is the first time me and Caitlin actually are going to sync up. Oh. And number five is Barbie. Um. Yeah, I was going in, I was kind of like you. It was, I was like, okay. Like, I thought they were going to go somewhere completely. I thought it was going to be, well, like we mentioned, the Marvels. It was going to be, like, over the top. And honestly, no. They, they did really well um, as far as story-wise. Um, because no, it's, definitely. It's hard to do stuff when it's just based on just, like, a toy. Yeah. I mean, an like, IP. <laughs> yeah, when it's just, there's no lore or anything. It's just that. And I think they did a really good job of presenting all the different types of Barbies. Um, and they, they did really good with Ken, too. Yeah. Like, they didn't leave it out, like, because they could have they could have done some really fucked up things with Ken. No, I... And, yeah. But they, they presented as a character and really developed him as a character. And the other Kens, too, that they weren't just... Barbie's lifeless. boyfriend. Yeah, they weren't... They were more... It's just like, no, you have to be your own person before anything and so i think it's like not only a developing film for women but i think it could be a developing film for men like the well, idea that's why of like, I, I said equity yeah like you are your own person you are your own self you do your own things and yeah no i think it was really well done and then all the character margot robbie was absolutely fucking fantastic Definitely. Um, especially since I heard that the original one was going to be um, Amy Schumer. Oh, my God. That yeah, was she was insane. originally, a long time ago, when they were t- first talking about it, she was in talks. Um, and fucking Ken, top tier. Ryan Gosling fucking killed it. And they said he was too old to play Ken. No, honestly, he still looks, I mean, he's he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> so. I know where you're going with that. 
Finally, big media skippy down there. Okay. Finally, I, number five. For I said Super Mario movie. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it because I like musicals and I like stuff like that. And of course, Jack Black, you know his song. Ages. And it was just I like I just really enjoyed it. I mean, my kids enjoyed it, so um. And it was surprising because my youngest son don't sit down for nothing. Um, so he actually, I, mean, I really liked it. It was a happy-go-lucky movie, and this falls pretty much like all the little games and stuff. And so. uh, for me, it was an okay. Yep, it did. I thought that it was a much better representation than the last time. I just kind of got... Yeah. It was wasn't... The era. Eh. It wasn't... To me, it was too much about Bowser and Peach, and it had nothing to do with the games. And to me, the only good character in the movie was Bowser. I, I just did not resonate. I did not like Chris Pratt as Mario. I already knew I was not going to like that going into it. But yeah, I would go in my okay movies. Uh, so my number five, uh, we actually might have to do something special here. What? <laughs> we have a three-way. <laughs> three-way with Barbie. Triangle. A triangle with Barbie. So And we were the only ones laughing in the theater when they saw this. <laughs> that scene. Some things have been happening that might be related. Cold shower. Falling off my roof. And my heels are on the ground. What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Yes, number five for me also is Barbie, because not only it was this actually like very well written, it was smart, the production was great, and all, just all of it. Was I mean, they had a pink paint shortage because of this movie. Yeah, um, I, I like we like how you, both of you mentioned. Yeah, this could have easily just been all about like trying to be like women empowerment, which it does do that. But Ken has just as big of a turn than her because he starts off one way, is then another way, and then he tries to then realize he has to become his own person. So I think. All of those arguments that people were putting out there that, oh, it just says that men don't matter. I'm like, you didn't fucking watch it then. Because he, like I mentioned, has the fucking biggest arc. And not only that, it's fucking hilarious. Ryan Gosling, they're already campaigning for him to do I'm Just Ken at the Oscars. And I'm like, yes, do that. Well, and there's that, the like, I see the shirts in now. Uh... I want to say Spencer's now, but it's the I'm Knuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I think this is what happens when you put an IP that is known with 
actually people that were more indie making because Greta Gerwig has never done a big budget movie like this. And Mattel saw this, Warner Brothers saw this and went, yeah, we're fine. Even though you bash us, <laughs> you make fun of us because I like mentioned the Zack Snyder cut. Yeah, well, you know what they saw? The big fat fucking check. They yeah. Were yeah. And all of that, and it became the highest fucking grossing movie this year. So I'm actually curious now how it's going to do at the Oscars. So now moving on to number four, Caitlin. It was mentioned earlier, Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I am huge into history movies, mm-hmm. and knowing a little bit more about like the the whole making of the bomb and everything was very interesting to me. The only downside was because of the sound, I did get a headache. Yeah, I knew that was gonna happen. Um. But it was still a really great movie. Killian Murphy killed it. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they also showed the side effects of basically what they were doing. So. Well, I that, that was the one thing that I didn't point out in mine was the fact that yeah, after the like they didn't just stop it at the bomb dropping like I thought they would. Then they showed the aftermath where he's like, "There's literally another hour after that." Yeah, like. <laughs> There's he, it shows him like emotionally damaged. He's like, I created a fucking death machine. Yeah, I thought this. Was and then supposed you even to told something. that to I, Albert, right? Yeah, and that's the whole reason uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character was upset was because he thought they were talking about something totally different. Yeah, he thought they were talking about him. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, no, the the fact is, yeah. He created a fucking death machine, and he's like regretting it. I am the destroyer of worlds. I I now become I am become death destroyer of worlds. So, fantastic movie. I just don't think I should watch it in a small theater. Yeah, unless it gets re-released. No. (laughs) Nick, your number four. My number four is. I don't remember where it was on your list. Actually, no, I do remember. It was near number ten. And it's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. My favorite animated movie of the year, which I kind of figured it would be because I love the first one so much. And this absolutely lived up to the first one in every possible way. Uh, The masterpiece of animation, visuals, and storytelling, and the sincere character arcs and incredible attention to the littlest of details, and I loved the villain in this. Um, I think this was just literally on par with the first one. And can't wait for the third one. Damon? My number four is the Iron Claw. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. That was I, an honorable mention for me. I had such a good time watching it. The story one is super fucking tragic. Yeah. You knew but, it would be. <laughs> exactly. Then it might have been Eric's. But not only that, the the cast was awesome. Zach Efron fucking mm. killed it. Yeah. Like he did incredible. Jeremy Allen White, same thing. He did such a good job. Like, I mentioned, you know, when you uh, mentioned it to me, his height was really a little... He, he got on to me because I knew he was supposed to be Carrie Von Eric, which is my favorite Von Eric. But he's nowhere near as big as Carrie Von Eric. Yeah. Um, but I think they all did good. They um, the, So the cast, I think the cast was really done well. Um, but the story, I mean, obviously the story set up. And, like, they did obviously change a couple things here and there to make it more they, emotional. They elaborated. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a fucking dark story, and I think that they portrayed it very well on the screen. Um, the sound design, I think, was really good. Um, and the fact that they got trained by Chavo Guerrero, who plays fucking the Iron Sheik in it, 
but they they train them so and you know he mentions in interviews yeah this is them doing it like the wrestling moves that you're seeing is all them yeah so all the high-flying crazy shit that's happening it's all them it's it's all the actors so I got to give them huge fucking props on it. Yeah. And then they got to discover what some of us wrestling fans know. It's fucking painful. Yeah, it's like, no yeah, shit. it may be fake, but it's about as fake as getting run over by a lawnmower. Like, it fucking hurts. <laughs> it, it absolutely, yeah, like they, they really went into it, and I think they paid a lot of respect. And the fact that, you know, they got Zac Efron's real-life counterpart to... Come in and help advise the story. Like I said, they changed it here and there. But I think overall they did really well. And yeah, just fucking had such a good time watching it. It was the movie that I had the hardest time not putting in my top ten. Because it, it, of, it was a hard one. Because of my connection with it. But there were certain things in the movie. Like the portrayal of Ric Flair, I did not like. Um, the way they made Bruiser Brody look, I didn't like that. That guy was way smart, Bruiser Brody. Um... Just certain things in the movie that was fantastic, and Zac Efron deserves something for this. Probably won't get it, but he, they all worked their asses off, and yeah, it was very enjoyable. And I, I with the Von Erichs, I absolutely love them. Yeah, that last scene years. fucking killed me when he's like, when he's sitting in his yard, I'm not a brother anymore. He's sitting in his yard with his damn kid. That's oh fucking painful. Upon <laughs> me. Um, this one was a higher originally, but after I watched it again, I was like, eh, I'll drop it down a little bit. So, <laughs> that's Strays. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to this movie all year. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was kind of, it's like a sad for like an animal lover, but it was great because I get the revenge in the end. But <laughs> it was, it had to, some hilarious parts. Especially with the dog going howling and all other stuff, but yeah, should watch those strays. That was it. Yeah. It was an okay one. Yeah, I, I didn't like. It wasn't the worst comedy times, I saw this year. Too but much dick stuff. It was definitely yeah. <laughs> a fuck. Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number four has been mentioned previously, and I had a high hope that it would be on my top. And it inched closer to my top, actually, the more I kept on thinking about it, so. Touching, sir. He's already one big attention. Son of a... This is the last movie I watched. It's fucking awesome. Really good movie. Really good. Now sir, I don't understand. That's glaringly apparent. I can't fail this class. <laughs> oh, don't sell yourself short, Mr. Coates. I truly believe that you can. <laughs> Every year at Martin Academy... Faculty and staff depart the campus for a two-week winter break, but there are always an unfortunate few who have nowhere to go. Somebody from the nineties. They're known as the Hoovers. Even though it takes place in the seventies. Late sixties or seventies. How'd you manage that? You know, he used to be a student, right? That's why he knows how to inflict maximum pain. All the Nazis were hiding in Argentina. You don't tell a boy that's been left behind at Christmas that nobody wants him. What's wrong with you? There's nobody. The holdovers. Uh, 
I, this is the second time that Paul Giamatti has worked with Alexander Payne because the first time sideways. was sideways, which I do think is a pretty good movie. I just don't go back to it a whole lot. This, I, oh my gosh, I thought Paul Giamatti was amazing. Unbelievable. I felt like I was him the entire fucking time because he's telling people, no, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> or, hey, this uh, dumbass deserves this fucking C and D. No, I will not bow to this. And I like that all three of them have great development. And even uh, the woman that's with him, the black woman, who is going through so much too. All these characters are going through so much. Um, but I think that her and Paul definitely deserve nominations for this. Agreed. And I just laughed so hard at this <laughs> because, I, again, it, this is my kind of fucking humor. And, yeah, Paul Giamatti just once again shows he's one of the best ever. I love this. him, and we've loved him since... Uh, Big Fat Liar? Big Fat Liar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And with Frankie Muniz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mine... It, this could have been yeah. three or two, but yes. oh, it was so hard. But you're number three, Miss Black Swan. Oh, okay. Um, the creator. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I, I mean, I'm, I like sci-fi. What? Oh, I think he's laughing at something else. Okay. Um, it was. I felt connected to the characters. Yeah. Um. And I've said this before, I really like being connected to characters. Um, and there is character development in this. Um, and for how much they spend on it... You better be. <laughs> no, that's the thing. It looks a hundred times better than what they spent on it. So. You, you watch it, you think it's a hundred million. No, they spent 70. So, yeah, it was actually kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah, um... Though I would not sell my likeness to become a AI. <laughs> yeah, that that fell into my mid range because I liked the look of it. It was just, yep, I've seen this story. <laughs> Terminator, Ter Terminator, other things like that. That's one I I think it's on. I have saved on one of my streaming services. I haven't watched it yet. I can't remember which one it is, but yeah, definitely would be interesting. Yeah. Nick, you're number three. All right. This one pretty much has been mentioned by everybody. Okay. I think. Except for Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I love Martin Scorsese. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew going into this is going to be long. What of his is not long. But... uh famous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what kind of porno has he been in? I don't want to know. Um, but the story, like, I didn't know too much about it going in, but it's brutally unforgiving. Mm -hmm. um, actually, it's slightly funny in a way, too, because there is a little bit of comedy mixed in with this, and mm -hmm. I was surprised about that. Um, it basically looks into the real-life atrocities, along with the evil yet moronic bastards responsible for doing them and the innocents who suffered them. I think this is an Oscar-worthy performance from Leo DiCaprio. Um, his accent, for one, he kept it throughout, and... I mean, he just keeps getting more and more respect from me. Um, Robert De Niro is also great as usual. Uh, he was fuck. He well, it was, but he was great. And uh, I, I just thought there was another Martin Scorsese classic in it. And he, he just keeps it on rolling. He keeps uh, one classic after another. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last one he did was the Irishman, right? Yeah. And that was great. So. Yeah. Uh, so my number three actually is uh, one that's like said mentioned by a lot, and that's Across uh, the Spider Verse. Um, between the art, the storytelling, really the only thing that holds it back from probably being higher is the fact that it is a middle film, and it kind of ends on that little bit of a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there was great character development. Clearly, you know, Miles, like from the first one, he goes from this awkward teenager to, teenager to being like kind of jaded in this. Like, there's a lot of the film where he is kind of like, I've seen some fucked up shit, like, and like I have experienced this crazy world. And he misses Gwen. Like, that's the whole big story part of it is he's going after Gwen because it's someone he has shared his experience with. Him and Peter, I mean, her and Peter are really the only two people he has connected with as far as this experience of himself. And then the fact that, you know, he had to watch his uncle die and he was part of it. So, like, that's what is really kind of... She had to learn that's what everyone... Exactly. That was... That's that fucking canon event. And so, yeah, he had to deal with that. And so he starts to find out about himself, yeah. And then, like you mentioned, the villain, villain's yeah. top fucking tier. Uh, what is it? Who's like? Is it Oscar Isaac who plays? No, he plays no. Spider Man. Um, yeah, J- J- Jason Tudyk. Yes, and he's great. The spot. Yeah. Um. Well, so so he is. He's really good. And I, I'm taking Spider Man 2099. I consider him part of a villain um... because he is just as fucking his is the way he's going about this is really fucking evil. Like, he's going purely on, this needs to happen because this is who you are and what you experience. So this has to happen. I I look at him more as, like, he's seen what happens and what has to happen, and he's the one that's willing to make that hard decision. Yeah. But but who knows how how he he will be in the next one. I have a feeling he's going to be a full-out villain that all the Spider-Man are probably going to. I kind of hope they don't. I think that's what... Noir is going to be back. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they pointed out Spot is supposed to be the biggest villain. Well, Spot is definitely fucking, you know, clearly he's, he's played off as like this joke in the beginning, like, ah, he's just a fucking Tuesday villain or whatever. And he becomes a super fucking hyper-violent evil yeah. thing. And so, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. If I can pronounce this right. What? <clears throat> La, um, what is it? Last voyage of the Demeter. 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 Yeah. Demeter. Is it Demeter? Yeah, I said it wrong. Um, at first I didn't think I was gonna like it, uh, because you know it's dark and scary. But it, it starts out, you know, where they're going and they're loading these crates and looking for help, and all. This, and so, it's not what you think when you're watching it, but then it just gets really good and everything starts happening and. On their trip, so that's just on their voyage. On their voyage, yeah. So, but I kind of I like the ending, and I like I'm looking forward to. I guess the next one, if there is next one. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Um, that that falls into my. It was okay. Yeah, I, I liked I, it I, than I thought I would. I appreciated the filmmaking the most. Uh, Dracula was, uh, but I agree. We, it was just ironic that we had a screening of where we saw that in Meg Two, and we went. Huh. We wa- we didn't want anybody to die in the last meter, even though we knew they were going to. And we wanted everybody in Meg 2 to die. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, my number three 
this was so hard because this actually was number one or number two for the longest time. And it's because of my connection to something, and this became now my personal favorite in a certain category. <laughs> Guess that. Boys, where have you been? We're just running errands. That's it? Some of the guys wanted to get pizza, and I tried to talk them out of it. Leo! You ratted us out. Hey, don't you step word that way. I mean, it's 2023. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, if we weren't monsters that were shunned by society and we could do what we wanted, ah! what would you guys do? Go to high school? Maybe get a girlfriend? Can you imagine that? Not likely. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Uh, this is my personal favorite animated film. I will concede that Across the Spider-Verse probably is the best animated. But this, to me, it was the turtles that I've been kind of waiting for on the big screen. Um, like how Nick mentioned, this is pretty much tied with the original 1990. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's really only nostalgic-wise, and the fact there's a little bit of a dark tone to that live-action. But... This, to me, just nailed down the turtles. I laughed so hard at things. It's also the only one that I didn't mind buying some extra shit at the theater to, you know, the tin and stuff. And they're really cool looking. Yeah, but the soundtrack also was bopping because it's that old 90s hip-hop. And then I saw that Trent Reznor and Attica Ross did the score, which I thought was really cool. But... And the animation was the first question mark for me. But then when I watched it, I was like, you know what? I really like this because it actually feels more like the comic, too. And everybody's developed. I would say I understand why some people might be mad about what happens with the side villains that are well-known. But I think the story kind of tells why this happens. And Superfly, I thought, was a very good villain. So <laughs> to me, this was... This kind of has become the ultimate Turtles movie. So, my number three, Turtles. Okay. Number, two, number two! What missed number Damn. one? Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I, I, I wonder why. Surprise, but I'm not. <laughs> why, why is it number two? Well, something beat it just by a, a hair. Jenny Jen Jen. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty evident. Um. I am a huge Dungeons and Dragons player. Mm -hmm. I love Dungeons and Dragons. I create characters for no rhyme and reason. I, um, I I love seeing all the Easter eggs in this movie that were portrayed extremely well. And you were like, I know that. I know that. <laughs> it was going. exactly like that. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, because. <laughs> And the fact that the actors actually played a game of D&D &D to understand the mechanics of it mm -hmm. was really cool to see. But also, I just... I'm just a huge Dungeons & Dragons person, so... Well, well, then, you now need to see the opposite and see the one that we grew up Ooh. with. I'm scared. <laughs> Marlon Lyons? Yeah. Jeremy Irons? <laughs> oh, God. That will be a rut next. <laughs> yes, I, I'm down for that. To be fair, to add to that, um, going into this, the trailer-wise, I wasn't sure about Yeah. It. And it definitely surprised the hell out of me, and I laughed my ass off. I can't remember the, the bird's name. 
the one that got thrown out of the oh John was, was it Jock John? It's in the in the big the big cool looking suit. Yeah, but it, he oh I know Jock he, he, something like that. But it I laughed so hard at that. Eric Croca. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but I laughed continuously at that movie, and it was one of my most surprised movies of the year, for sure. I thought Hugh Grant stole it. Oh, he totally did. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I saw him in the chair, I was like, oh, he's going to be fun. He's, that's on my honorable mention. So. Yeah, it is mine, too. Nick, you're number oh, two! Okay. This decision was really hard for me. One and two were going back and forth, back and forth. But I am a huge Kaiju Monster fan. Oh, I know. Huge! Godzilla minus one blew me away in every possible way. That did rhyme. That 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 was one that was hard. For the me best to Godzilla movie I've ever seen. He was the most terrifying I've ever seen him. The human story was the center of inspiration and thoughtfulness, and that never happens with Godzilla. We never care about the humans in Godzilla, but in this one, I cared about everybody. Um, the film was much needed in this franchise, and I thought it gives us hope for the future. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, and this movie meant a lot to me in that way. And it just uh, the language barrier did not bother me at all. Yeah. Like I know that's bothered some people, but this it was really really hard not to make this top movie of the year because, like I said, I've been wanting a really good Godzilla movie, and I got it. So he looks better than he's ever looked. It looks incredible. Looks it, looks, it looks he looks somewhat like his older self. Well, the, I think they did a good mix of like the old mm-hmm. school Godzilla, yeah. kind of goofy looking one, and then like the newer school from the the past like three movies. Mm-hmm. So like I think that they melded that together and made him super fucking like violent. He's like, fucking terrifying. Yeah, especially when he's in the water. Yeah, the way they made him look in the water was incredible. I haven't seen and that, but that was one of my most anticipated for the year. Need, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm gonna watch you need it. To see it. Oh, your number two. So Damn. my number two is actually involves a couple different things. Um, the fact that we need to go find somewhere really nice to eat uh, that we went to. Um, but it was a little bit of a trip, and that would be Poor Things. Oh, yeah. oh, I never got to see that. That movie was fucking incredible. Mm. It was visually probably the best-looking film of this year because it's just... you. This is the one I mentioned that you would love because artistic-wise, it's incredible. Um, the background settings... Um, the costumes. The costumes Makeup. are all over the place. Yeah, makeup is done well. I saw Will Poe's face. So many character development like throughout this all these different characters even side characters have good development and it's hilarious we were dying that's one of the few films that i've seen that i have a smile on my face from the start of the movie to the end and i just i can't talk to that yeah willem dafoe is fantastic in it he is absolutely incredible the uh, i can't think of the actor's name who plays like the one who follows her around uh the the one that she's about to marry, yes. or is it Mark Ruffalo? It's not Mark Ruffalo. Okay. And yeah, talking about Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo is hysterical in this movie. <laughs> There's so many scenes where we're just dying, and he's just like, "I still love you. I need you." And he's just like, yeah. "And she's like, go away." And just. Um, <laughs> that was the one song. thing I will say is there's a surprising amount of sex scenes in this movie, <laughs> like very graphic ones. <laughs> I was like. They, they had like six, and I was like, oh, there's another one. 
Um, well, no wonder you like the movie, Damon. Oh! <laughs> well, you're not wrong, necessarily. But, you know, the first two, I was like, okay, it makes sense within the, you know, thing. So that was, there was a lot of uncomfortableness in there because, <laughs> I, I don't know. But, yeah, no, it was absolutely fantastic. I would recommend anyone see it because it is just, if you love, like, crazy artistic films, it's, like, top tier. Yeah, it was... That one in American Fiction never got to watch. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get to American Fiction. I'm probably going to get grief for, grief for this one, but I like Fast X. That's what I chose. I mean, it's, it's different to me because I have not seen it since Paul Walker. I'm not kept up with it. Okay. So, so seven? yeah, I think I've seen seven. I've not seen eight and nine. But um, it was just different seeing Dom and Letty, you know, have a child and everything, and there were things switching. But the best thing that made the movie was uh, Jason Momoa's character. Like, he just made me laugh. That's the best thing about that movie. I just, I mean, but like, uh, at the end, it, I didn't really care for, but it was, overall, I liked it. It was one of my top movies. Um, my number two, it was freaking battle between these, and I, uh, it came down to just straws, me picking. Uh, this one has been mentioned before, and it was going to initially be my number one, but last night I decided to change my mind, and oh, you know wow. what? That's, this uh, this, that's this, this, just, this is just going to have to sit at number two for me. Whose land is this? My land. Well, 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 our war hero has arrived. <laughs> Choice called back here. It says you are the finest, wealthiest, and most beautiful people on God's earth. They outsmarted everybody. They had the say. Who gets the oil? So I got a question. You like women? That's my weakness. <laughs> well, we mix these families together, and that state money flows the right direction. It'll come to us. Show me That's how you are. I don't know what you said, but it must have been Indian for handsome devil. <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon by Martin Scorsese. Uh, as previously mentioned by almost everybody that has seen this, this is definitely a top tier Martin Scorsese, in my opinion. Uh, the acting across the board is phenomenal. Uh, this is actually a type of character that Leo has not really ever done, where... He really almost rides, tries to ride that line of scumbag and person that might actually care about his wife, but he still falls into the scumbag region. Uh, Robert De Niro, this is top fucking form of him. And as I heard somebody once mention, I wish that Martin Scorsese made a movie every year so that he doesn't have to do stupid shit. <laughs> um, I completely agree with that. The... The cinematography, the film fucking making is fucking all over the place and great. I, this is the fucking longest movie I saw this year. Three and a half hours. I didn't feel the length. Because I was so into the story and character. And like previously mentioned, there's little bits of humor that kind of help it from being this very sad story, which it's a fucking sad and dark story. And... This was just number one for me for the longest time because of the filmmaking, just in general. But well, I saw pictures of the people they were actually portraying, mm-hmm. and Lily Gladstone 
Yeah. Looks like yeah. she's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. I thought that she really stood she right. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I honestly could understand the length for anybody, but I don't care. The only now complaint I'll have is since it's because this is originally an Apple Plus movie, please let this get a physical release. <laughs> because I, this would look great on 4K. But, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, we it did get a theater release. Yeah. And that's how we were able to watch it. But yeah, no, it's, it is a fantastic film. Like I said, the length for me that was probably the biggest detrimental thing. But there, there is a lot of segments where you are very like enthralled with the story and where it's going. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's fucking super tragic film. <laughs> but now we are here, the culmination. Our personal favorite movie of the year, and starting that with Black Swan over here. What is your number one best? It was already mentioned. Mm -hmm. Godzilla minus one. Let's go. I was recently introduced to Kaiju, Mm -hmm. and I. Oh, I've been watching it since I was a kid. It's awesome. And I fell in love, Mm -hmm. and I really loved the human characters in this one. Mm And there, the language barrier, like you said, didn't bother me, but that's because I watch a lot of anime. Yeah, Yeah, you're used to subtitles. Yeah, I'm very used to subtitles. Um, uh, I thought it was great. It showed human emotion, and I really love, I really love that. Mm -hmm. So... Well, have you ever seen the old school? It's uh, one of the old school Godzillas where he does a flying drop kick. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't uh, seen that uh, one. In a suit, awesome. in a suit. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> can clearly tell it's a suit. I don't know if it was a suit. I think it was a puppet. They just put on a string. They have one, of that, and then there's another <laughs> one where like a child can be seen. It's one of like the video people's kids that was there in the studio because <laughs> they used to use like scaled down cities yep. to, to yeah, yeah. Just destroy. Yeah, miniatures. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Nicker's Chicken, well, you're number one. It's going to have to be a minute because it's honorable mentions. There's quite a few. Yeah. So um, bear with me. So these, these are all movies I considered at one point. Like, you know, put it in there, which is a lot. Uh, the Iron Claw, yeah. Air, Barbie, Creed Three, The Boy and the Heron, Meg, Talk to Me, The Blackening, which is a very surprising yeah. film, which I really liked. Uh, Are You There, Goddess, Me and Margaret, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Saw X, Thanksgiving, uh, Haunting in Venice, Blue Beetle, Dumb Money, The Color Purple, Evil Dead Rise, Bottoms, and Blackberry. Okay, and your number one? My number one has been said by everybody but Jamie. <laughs> I know this for a fact. And it's quite possibly the best movie I've ever seen on a technical level, and that's Oppenheimer. Okay. Um, from the acting, the editing, the writing, the score, the sound design, I've literally never, never seen a movie come together as perfectly before in my life. Uh, I mean, I might even consider it Christopher Nolan's best work. It's funny, dramatic, exciting, heartbreaking, touching. It's everything you want a film to be. I thought Killian Murphy was excellent. I think he's my early choice for best actor. And I thought Robert Downey Jr. also deserved a supporting actor role as well. I thought he was fantastic. And just everybody in general, I just love the movie from top to bottom. I get the length thing, but I personally never felt the length of it. And beautifully shot film. And it, it put me in mind a lot of as much as I love Dune. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Finally Damn. down to the number ones. So my number one film actually, um, again, been mentioned, obviously, and that would be Mutant Mayhem. This was such a fun time watching this. I, I, I don't think I have had as good a time watching a film in a while since this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, it's perfect turtles. It's top tier. It's, like you said, the closest one we've gotten is the, the OG from the fucking 90s. But this is, like you said, teenagers. Actual teenagers playing them. These are literally children because they are a bunch of 13 and 14 year olds. Like, they're young. But the, the music was great, like you said. It's old school hip hop. You know, Ice Cube had a lot of help, which, again, Ice Cube being the villain, he's great. He's absolutely fantastic. The side villains, I can maybe see some complaints about, um, but I like that it wasn't just the normal fucking people. Bebop, Bebop and Rockstar. I mean, they were there, but like, they weren't like the focus. Like, they and one we didn't get Shredder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't the main focus. Like, they brought all these people from like old school canon and maybe changed them and tweaked them a little bit, but they gave us something new and fresh, and it really felt fresh. And I mean. Jackie Chan as fucking Master Splinter. Yes, yes. Fantastic choice. All the kids did fan. They did great. They actually seemed like they were a family. Mm -hmm. Like they seemed close. Um, April O'Neil was really good. Um, I really like Paul Rudd's character. He fucking is hysterical. Um, But yeah, I think the casting was fantastic. I think. The story was fantastic because they did show the emotional parts of them being a kid. And like, Splinter's finally like, I'm going to try to let these kids. And it shows his, you know, it presents his actions later because it shows, I'm actually really trying to protect you. Like, we came out once. Mm-hmm. And it shows why he's so guarded. Like, instead of him just being guarded, it shows, yeah, hey, I did this and they fucking about killed us. Yeah. So I have to protect you. So, yeah, that's it, it was just... Everything just hit perfectly for me. Okay. Jamie, you're number one. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Okay. It should have been a given for me. Um, as a, I guess I've been with Star-Lord and the gang since the beginning. Uh, this movie did make me cry. Uh, because I'm you know, an emotional person. Um, but yeah, you learn more about rockets, past, and everything. And I mean, it ends on a good note for animal lovers. And that Star-Lord wants to go off and learn more you know about his life um but yeah i thought it was an overall good movie i did see it at the drive-in um but yeah i really i liked it that's why i picked it at number one okay um yeah as i, as I said it was really duking it out for number one uh and before <laughs> before i mention that i'm gonna mention some others that are honorable mention slash i just still enjoyed them no matter what anybody says uh and that is Bo is Afraid, like how Damon mentioned, John Wick Chapter 4, Guardians 3, I didn't mind Fast X, <laughs> uh, Evil Dead Rise, I had a good time, Transformers Rise of the Beast, mm-hmm. Yeah. to me the second best Transformer movie, uh, Creed 3, I thought was still a stellar one, yeah, I understand it, but Jonathan Majors was really good in it, uh, No Hard Feelings, Jennifer Lawrence, and, yeah, I yeah, enjoyed that them. was actually a really good one. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons really enjoyed it as he mentioned blackening some people not oh, talking about that great. yeah uh, Asteroid City Wes Anderson I didn't mind Megan I thought it was a fun time uh, Blue Beetle 
the villain was the worst, but still had fun. I didn't mind Shazam. Uh, it was okay. And I personally enjoyed The Flash. I understand why some people might not, but I did. <laughs> it was just, again, one of those eh, movies. Like, I mean, Michael Keaton was awesome, but I was just like, eh, you know. It's just kind of, eh. I, I had a fun time with that. Uh, but my number one uh, has been mentioned before, and it will now be my new favorite from a certain actor. Bella, this is Mr. McCandles. Hello, Bella. She's an experiment. Good evening. Her brain and her body are not quite synchronized. But she's progressing at an accelerated pace. Tell me, where did she come from? I shall. For it is a happy tale. I'm Bella Baxter, and there is a world to enjoy. Circumnavigate. It is the goal of all to progress, grow. A woman plotting her course to freedom. Out and not number one is poor things uh to me this is i I love character development i love weird shit and this met all of those arguments and i was just completely blown away by first the art art style but as damon previously mentioned the characters they're all fully fledged people emma stone i think deserves a fucking another Oscar for this because it's my favorite film with her easily. It, it this is a fucking brave performance to do and she goes all in on it because the number one thing that some people have trouble getting past is the setup of their character and I'm like if you do not understand what they're saying about her with this that is on you um, where I where it kind of was like Barbie with like the whole storytelling with that this is not maybe to some people as much of a hit on the head but more progression as far as characters talking and understanding one another Mark Ruffalo fucking stole every time he was on it he was hilarious Uh, Willem Dafoe I thought was great the just costumes makeup everything around it just looked great Uh, there was a moment where I thought oh are we going to go into like another half hour subplot but it wasn't as long no they, they condensed it really well yeah for being two hours and 20 minutes i was perfectly fine with that and again weird fucking shit that has a message to say with great acting great characters that is the hallmark of what i love in film so poor things is my favorite caitlin you mentioned like the whole idea of like women empowerment this movie is perfect top tier women empowerment honestly because she starts off as kind of a lowly character that's kind of just stuck. And it is very much a men-dominated society, especially Mark Ruffalo's character. is really like, this is how you need to act. 
you need to be proper, but I also want you to be the super crazy sex freak. But when we're in public, you can't you can't be you can't do this, you can't do that. You have to like sit with your legs in your lap and she's just like, Why? I just I'm Bella. I just wanna be myself. Yeah. And yeah, the movie's absolutely absolutely incredible. I smacked the shell somebody told me that. <laughs> and she does. She does, as you saw. You gotta step proper. Hell with you. Yeah. <laughs> and it it weirdly is like it's a universe building movie with like weird cities, but then they can go from that to like a normal like because they go to Paris sometime and it just looks like Paris. But then they will go from like a Dr. Seuss looking like Tim yeah, Burton. And they thing. go to this like I think it's Cairo. They say it is. Yeah. And yeah, there's like that's when she finally finds out about the world yeah. and how fucking actually dark and evil it is. So there's so much. It's I can't recommend the film to anybody else enough. Yeah, it it's only if you cannot stand some weirdness. This and the music. I th- I don't think we brought that up. Yeah, sound the, design the, the, yeah. is fucking wacky. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of uh, Spencer. I mean, the trailer. Kind of yeah, kind of. But yeah, but kind of like kind of like with Burton, as I mentioned, like it had like really weird instruments because it shows like a band played and he's like playing like this trumpet thing but it has like a foot pedal like blowing like you know a duster yeah, or whatever it's very tim burton-esque yeah and then there's like a little bit of like a stooge's kind of slapstick it, it just met all my humor so and yeah i think emma stone is great in it. so yeah uh, well, that's been our best of 2023. Guys, how did you feel about what you saw and your hopes for this year? I, I, I think there's a lot of potential for this year. But, I, I mean, this year, the, the problem is, again, it was just, eh. I mean, there was obviously really good standouts, like, especially to find, like, a movie like Poor Things, and it's just like, wow, this movie is absolutely fucking incredible. But I'm just kind of like... I kind of hope that next year has more fighting chance because, (laughs) honestly, my list was pretty easy about picking 10 films that I feel like should go on a list. Um, I mean, there obviously were a couple extra, but again, a lot of them were just kind of, okay, they're okay. Like, they're not horrible, but they're just okay. Um, Well, yeah, it was mostly dominated by okay. I'm excited because of how much weird shit i did see yeah it makes me hopeful. i mean this was the it year makes of me, experimenting yeah it makes me hopeful that there will be more stuff like this and hopefully it gets more recognition especially when it comes to awards time everything everywhere hopefully has started that trend now and we can see that with either barbie poor things or something else so this was your most active at the theaters ever yeah. in your life yeah so how how did you feel about that? I've enjoyed the ride. <laughs> <laughs> okay, simple. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I know you don't get as much. Yeah, but I actually did go to the theater a lot more <laughs> this year, but I didn't go as much as everybody else. Well, maybe twenty twenty four you can make. Yeah. <laughs> and the drive-in. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nick. Yeah, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. It was a very mid-year, but uh, for me, my bad movies were easier to order than my good movies were this year. Yeah. Because there was three or four, like I said, that could have gone on my top ten list. 
And uh, as far as 2024 goes this year, there are a couple that I am eyeing, specifically one. Deadpool. Dune. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one I most anticipated last year, that's what you most anticipated this year. So. Yeah. First of March. Yep. All right, I know. Um, Hopefully, I'll get a big group going on that one because I know a lot of people want to see it. Yeah. Some some people might still have to see the first one first. Yeah, I got you. Uh, but yeah, no, like I mentioned, yeah, with as much okay as there was, I hope that this just means that there will be more weird and awesome stuff. So, uh, thank you everybody that made their way to join. I know there was originally a little bit of a fear with weather being said, <laughs> but it is Indiana. But, yeah. But it turned out to be nothing, so it is Indiana. So, uh, other than that, closing the chapter officially on 2023, and this is the fourth season finale of us, so it's been fun. We've got Oscar yeah, talk coming up. That that might turn into a you segment. Apparently, you can pick it better than that. <laughs> <laughs> this will be three years in a row, yeah. but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Thank you, Miss Caitlin, for being here. You're welcome. Nickers Chicken. Yep, no problem. Gobbler Damon. Of course. <laughs> and Mother Hen making her way out here. <laughs> and Bengayo Loco. See you all in 2024, and hopefully it's another great year for movies. <laughs>